You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I won't let my body outweigh Outweigh everything that I'm made of Won't spend my life trying to change I'm learning to love who I am I am strong, I feel free I know every part of me is beautiful And I will always outweigh If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the new while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Happy Saturday, Outweigh fam. Amy here and sitting across from Michelle Pilovich again. She's our Outweigh resident for four weeks. We're here we are on week number three. And the last two weeks we've been talking about intuitive eating. So if you've missed those episodes, go back and listen to them. Um, the first one was about diet culture versus intuitive eating and, you know, how sometimes things show up online, but really what is actually going to work for you. And then the second episode was practical intuitive eating and balancing life and meal prepping and what that looks like in the intuitive eating space. And then today we're going to talk about something we touched on in one of the episodes because I was talking about as I was looking to learn how to live in this life of recovery and not fall back into other patterns. I just didn't trust my body and I didn't know what means that I'm hungry. I don't know. I mm-hmm. I just restricted and binged for so many years that I don't even know how to trust my body and what is hunger? What's subtle hunger? Am I eating enough? What does that even look like? So that's what we're going to unpack with Michelle today. Yes. Very excited to dive into it. And I think that 
so, so many people can relate to you, to your story of like living in those extremes, knowing, okay, I'm so hungry. I'm going to fall over, or I'm so full. I feel sick and not having much awareness of the in-between, which is really what helps you become more of an intuitive eater and just know your own body better. There are a lot of signs that I think we write off as just being maybe lazy or having some other problem that's not simply, oh, I just need some food. What's like the number one thing you would say to someone if they're like, I have no idea if I'm hungry, but I mean, I think about food, but I don't really know. I don't like feel my stomach growling. So something I go through with pretty much all my clients is the hunger and fullness scale. And people can Google a hunger fullness scale. It's just a one to 10 scale to rate where you are in terms of hungry or full five being like a true neutral 10, super full one, super hungry and noticing like the, the three and the six and the four and those middle numbers often doesn't feel like your stomach grumbling or anything like that. Um, the very first sign of being hungry is usually just thinking about food more. Your brain keeps bringing that thought up because it's telling you, okay, like I actually need this and keep thinking about it, plan to eat something. And then other signs might just be feeling tired, unable to focus, maybe a little irritable. And that kind of like brain fog feeling that people will blame on every food under the sun, maybe is just a lack of energy, a lack of calories and nutrients. And so these more vague or subtle feelings, when you pay attention to those and try out like having a snack the next time you feel those things and then see, oh, does that actually make me feel a lot better? As a mom, it makes me think of halt <laughs> where it's halt is H is hungry. A is angry. L is lonely and T is tired. And so sometimes mm -hmm. they maybe behave. I mean, adults can have it too. Or like if yeah. you're in any relationship and you notice that you're being a little feisty or you're like, yes. what's going on with you? It might be one of those four things that you could address and then have the mood shift. Totally. I mean, being hangry is a very real thing. And focus is something that a lot of people complain about or struggle with. Like, I just can't focus on my work. Well, maybe you just need that energy boost. Like, yeah, you might just not have the calories on board to fuel your thinking. Well, speaking of thinking, what if I'm thinking about food all day long, but I'm not like having a sense of hunger in my stomach? Right. Well, I mean, if somebody's thinking about food all day, you could be chronically under eating. So maybe you're eating consistently, but just never having enough or not having enough satiating foods. Maybe you're having like, a large volume of foods that are very low calorie. Maybe you're only eating salads. And so it feels like you're eating consistently, but it's not quite enough to satisfy you. Or, you know, I think of restriction in kind of two different ways. It can be overall quantity or it can be specific types of food. So if you have rules for yourself and you're eating enough quantity, but maybe you're stuck in that kind of clean eating mindset and you have strict rules about what you can eat and you find yourself thinking about food you're probably feeling deprived and restricted in a different way, even if the quantity is enough. Okay. I was learning this too. So I went from like restricting, like, and by that, I mean, maybe just green juice or nothing. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, working out way too much. Mm -hmm. And so I was definitely at a deficit when it came to caloric needs for my body. But even as I'm more aware and introducing all types of food to my days, I could still 
potentially be under eating. And the thought of food all the time is a sign of that. Yeah. Okay. You still could be. And I, I see it often where people are, are like close to enough, but not quite there yet because maybe they're not allowing snacks. Maybe they're limiting portions of meals, or maybe it is just that mental trigger of a particular type of food taking up a lot of brain space because you have such an emotional, like mental reaction to it. Hmm. Okay. Because as some people might be new to them and they're navigating through this, just because I'm thinking about it doesn't mean I'm like obsessed with food and that something's like, right. I, <laughs> I may just need to add like more nutrient dense foods to my, to my lineup that day, or maybe the day before, or like, and give it a few days and like, then see what happens. Right. Right. Look at the patterns. And also I do want to clarify, you know, this is thinking about food in like a bothersome way. If you're like planning your recipes for the week and thinking about it in terms of like, what do I want for dinner tonight? And it's, you know, two hours from dinner and like, yes, you want to plan so you can buy things that's different, but when you feel like you're doing something, going about your day and food keeps popping up, then yes, probably something to investigate in terms of your overall diet and if it's meeting your needs. How do you guide people if they have more active type days versus days where maybe they're not going to be as active? We've been talking about intuitive eating and like even planning. Last week, we were talking about the meal prep, but like if I'm I'm trying to plan. I need to be aware of days that I'm more active and make sure that I'm adding more to my plate. Yeah. I mean, this is a great topic because it's kind of a combo of what we talked about last time and today, because yes, there is some planning. So for example, if you're going to do a workout and depending on the time of day, you're probably going to want to eat something beforehand because you want to have the energy to be active. So having like an extra snack, that's going to be mostly carbs to give you that energy is going to be important. You'll hear a lot of rules and guidelines about eating a certain number of grams of protein within a certain number of minutes after a workout. And that's actually not necessary as long as you're eating enough in total over the course of the day. So what you want to do to plan for activities and active days is have extra snacks. You're probably going to need an additional snack, at least one throughout the day and stay really aware of your hunger and fullness because it's not this really straightforward equation. Like if you do X amount of exercise, you're going to need X more calories. People experience hunger based on activity differently. Some people might be a lot hungrier the day after they go on a long hike versus that same day. So having that awareness of your body lets you, lets you continue that permission even after that like busy active day. Yeah. And I love like giving myself the permission that no days have to look alike. And like when I'm going with the flow, I try to be as prepared as possible without it consuming me. Again, it's that fine line when you've come from a world of like trying to prep and make sure that everything is just right. It's okay to still care about what you're putting on your plate or what you're putting in your body, but also having this permission to go with the flow and be bendy and know that every day is going to be a little bit different or could be. Right. You're going to prepare and then your body's going to tell you what you need of what you prepared. And even like the, um, you know, I'm thinking about last fall, I was marathon training and I ran a marathon and like the week after the marathon, I ran 
zero amount at all, of course, because I was like, no, break time. But the hunger was still there, you know? So that permission continues of like, okay, I'm still recouping from this, still going to eat what I'm hungry for, still going to have more than what might be typical outside of that, like busy, intense season. Congratulations, by the way, that's 26.2 miles for people that don't know the exact distance of a marathon. That's crazy. I ran one when I was 20 years old and I'll never do that again, ever. I'm 41 now, or I'm going to be 41 in March. So congratulations to you. That's amazing. Do you you. like is running something? Is that a goal that you set you knew you wanted to do? For me, I signed up with some friends and I once I put my mind to it, I was like, well, I guess I should complete this. But I do not like running at all whatsoever. Is that like your where you it's my thing. Yes. I love it. I find it to be so much fun. And it's, it's been a bucket list item and I randomly was able to gain entry to the New York city marathon. So <gasps> pass it up. That's so exciting. Yeah. During the race, I said, I'm never doing this again. And then afterwards I said, I want to do it every year. <laughs> so, so do you think you'll do it again? I, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start running? Um, I mean, I was on the track team in high school So I started, like, I've always played sports and run for sports during high school. It was not a distance thing. I did the least amount of distance possible. I did like hurdles and jumping. So I didn't get into more distance running until college. Once I wasn't on team sports, I just wanted to be active and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, good for you. Like I, (laughs) I like to hike and walk now. And like, that's what I used to put this pressure on myself to run because I thought this is what I need to be doing. I'm supposed to be running. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I, ha- I gave myself this permission to actually listen to what my body actually likes. And I hope that others will find that too. It's like, I used to kill myself at Bikram yoga all the time. And I actually had convinced myself that I loved it. And then I didn't go to a class for like a very long time. And then I went back and I was like, well, my body does not like this. I'm like, yay. I'm so glad I don't feel this pressure that this is what I have. I have to go sit in a 105 with 50% humidity room, which for some people it's amazing. And that's great. It had its time with me. We weren't going to talk about workouts, but I think that that's another big thing that can show up as a disordered pattern. Just like you can look at food and you can look at your workouts and be like, wait, is this really serving me? If this, is this really at my core, what I want to be doing? you may find that it's not actually serving you and you're kind of shackled to it. You you might have to take the shackles off. Totally. So now with hiking, how do you notice hunger and activity? Do you have go-to hiking snacks? Like how do you plan for that? Yeah. I mean, I have to keep bars in my console. I keep different (laughs) nut bars in there that I like. And it's trouble because sometimes they're there. It actually used to be worse. Like when I had an more disordered behavior. I restricted certain things, but if I put food in my car to have for later, I would always end up eating it. I couldn't trust myself. Even if I wasn't hungry, it couldn't be there. And now I can have a whole box of bars in there and it might take a while to eat them, but I just try to always have snacks on hand. I always try to make sure I have plenty of water and even brain function is something that I'm thinking a lot of because I'm doing some brain work. Um, I have ADHD and I don't medicate, but if some people do, that's totally great. I think medicine has its time and place. I have medicated before, but I no longer am. And I'm trying, I'm doing some neurofeedback and I'm realizing how important water and fat are for 
my brain function. And one of the reasons why I'm hiking out in nature too is for my mental health. Like it's no longer just this like I'm out doing this as a workout for my body. It's like my exercise routine has shifted into more of a mental health category and I'm doing it for my brain. It's more of a mind, body, soul approach. Yeah. That's how running has been for me too. Ever since I always ran by myself and since joining a running club, I'm like, this is such a social thing and like makes me feel so good for that reason as well. Yeah. And I think that when you can get to a place and that's my hope for everyone listening is that you can feel good walking away from every meal, no matter what it was. And you can feel good walking away from every workout and not every meal is going to be like awesome. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, this was amazing. Can't wait to eat that again. (laughs) But you can feel you can feel good about it no matter what you, you know, were able to eat that day or what you were able to do for yourself. Like just just feel encouraged by the fact that like it is possible. I just remember being so scared and seeing other people live a certain way and thinking, well, I'll never be be able to live that way. Like I'm the only one that's this, this quote messed up. (laughs) And I'm saying that about myself. I am not calling anybody else messed up, but that's how I talked to myself. And I just want people to know the the freedom that's out there when it comes to food and working out. Yeah. I mean, you said you can feel good walking away from a meal. You can feel good walking towards a meal, which is often yes. scarier for people. And I mean, the fact that now you're sitting here talking about how important fat is, like fat can be such a huge fear for people. And talking about hunger, like it helps keep you full. It helps keep you doing all the things you want to do and focusing on those things. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. The change that can happen. Yeah. Lisa and I did a whole episode about fat a few weeks ago, so people can go back and listen to to that one. And, you know, with time, you've got to give yourself grace and you have to be patient. Your body Mm -hmm. will start to develop those hunger cues. And Michelle was even sharing some of the subtle ones. Like you might not think that equals hunger, but if you give yourself a little snack and then see what happens, it's almost like you have a little, your own little science experiment for yourself. (laughs) Totally. And each person can do that. You know, I, I encourage all my clients to make their own version of the hunger scale after like taking some time to, to do information gathering, because no two bodies are the same. Some people might get a little bit irritable when they're at a certain level of hunger, where someone else might start to get a headache at that level of hunger. And someone else might start to get shaky at that level of hunger. And so learning yourself is a big, big part of it. Yeah. Well, I love that. And what tips do you have since you just completed a marathon in the fall? If someone were listening right now and they're like, wait a second, I think that I could maybe do a marathon. What are some tips that you have for that person? Oh my goodness. You know, ironically, as a dietitian, my fueling strategy was not the best. I realized I was kind of winging it, but I've learned a lot. So learn your body, practice, practice, practice the fueling on your runs, check in with your intentions. Why figure out why you want to do it and make sure it's really coming from a healthy place. I would say get involved in a running community. It's going to make it so, so, so much more fun. And uh, reach out to me. Let me know. DM me on Instagram. We can talk about it. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that fun fact. I didn't know that about you until now. And that's very cool. Like I know that that's such a huge accomplishment. Do you know, not that times matter, but 
It took me four hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a very long time. Well, I have never been a big fan of like driving long distances. And I had to go to a wedding that was like five hours away um, over the summer. And I was like, oh my God, I'm good. This was when I had just started training. And I was like, I'm going to be running for the same amount of time that I'm driving <laughs> on this trip right now. What? And I think I'd rather run. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes me crazy, I guess. <laughs> However long it takes you, whatever your time is, like it is, you know, just setting your mind to something and accomplishing it, whatever that might be, is super awesome. And I'm glad I went ahead and did it something like that when I was 20, because definitely yeah. not doing it now. I have new goals. I have new exactly. goals now. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us again. She'll be back next week for her final episode. I'm sure you'll be back as a guest again in, in the future, but for this four-week residency. And in the meantime, y'all can find Michelle on Instagram and then definitely DM her if you are considering doing a marathon of sorts. And Michelle, you want to tell everybody your Instagram? Yes, it's at Michelle Pilipich Nutrition, uh, Michelle with two L's. And pillow pitch is very long, so you can click the link wherever it's linked. <laughs> yeah, we'll have it linked in um, the show notes so you can check it out there. And yeah, we hope y'all have a great rest of your day. Bye. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude partner in hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 